1: Welcome along to episode 616 of The Milk Bar Jason Forrest here with you as ever and coming up on the show this week John Wood joins us from Walks on the Chase to chat about the Nordic walking classes that are available out there We'll be hearing about the latest from You Are My Sunshine They have a brand new trail which is out there teasing the film we hear from three of the cast about what's going on there Christopher Commander joins us for a bit of a chat about Separated Shakespeare and how you can get involved in that. Ian Wills lets us know about Wills and The Wing a fantastic music project that he has ongoing, a brand new song on the way and an album which is absolutely well worth a listen. We'll be having a natter with him On top of all of that uh, we'll be hearing from Chris White. Uh, He's going to let us know all about what's happening in his world with the wonderful teaching that he does normally across the globe in real life. He'll be doing it in uh, the electronic Form for a little while yet. We're hearing all about that. And the Pauline Quirk Academy is moving to a new location for when it reopens on the 17th. Julian Alcock updating us on what's going on there. That's all on the way on the show this week. The release of You Are My Sunshine feels like it's getting closer with the release of a brand new trail which is out there now. I'm joined by three of the team behind the film to tell us more about what's going on and where we're at at the moment. Hello to you all. Um, Hello.
2: Hiya, hey. morning.
1: All right, so first of all, let's, let's uh, work our way around and we'll uh, have some introductions, please. Uh, uh, Charlie rather than Charles first, I think, and, and Jonathan, will come to you in a bit.
3: <laughs> um, hi there, my name's Charlie Clark and I play young Ethel in the film.
1: Okay, Charles? Uh, I play the
4: elder Joe. And I'd rather play the younger Joe, but they would not do that. So.
1: <laughs> Time and tide, etc. So we have to, we have to do these things. Uh, and Jonathan. And yeah, I'm
2: um, Jonathan, and I play confusingly John. In the film, so
1: this this, this is going to be an, in, intriguing. But I mean, first of all, uh, Charles, uh, we'll we'll start with you when it comes to giving us a bit of a background to the film for those who haven't seen some of the interviews because we we've all chatted over the the years. In fact, three years ago, I did my first piece with the the younger pair of uh, stars of the show, the film itself.
4: I say I, I filmed my piece probably about uh, going back nearly two years ago now. Uh, it's 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 the story of two young people meeting in the seventies, uh, two young two young lads and. We fall in love in a time when there was horrendous prejudice against that and affected him on it and his family life as well, and, and the strains he went through. And despite all that, how, how the love endured throughout the decades. And then we leap forward as they are present day at our ages and, and how that love has still endured. It's still as fresh as it was back then. And it, it, it's a beautiful tale and I was absolutely delighted to be part of it and a very emotional one as well. Um, before we started playing the present day scenes, uh, we were allowed to view two scenes that um, Stephen Jack had filmed. Mm-hmm. And we were just blown away by not only the story that they told, but the performances. And we just thought, oh, this is gonna be something special. And we couldn't wait to film our pieces. And, and as well as
1: you did, and you filmed out and about. Uh, we actually got together for uh, a bit of a chat back in what two years ago, I think. Now, when it, you were doing yeah, the, the latter part yeah. of things, when we were up on Beacon and uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's seen all sorts of different sites uh, across the Midlands and beyond, uh, sort of bringing this story to life. Yeah,
4: it was, and that, again, that was um, that was going to be passed but an amazingly emotional scene. Um, we you probably didn't tell you, but we did try twice. We, we did try to film up there. A couple of months earlier, it was about a 50 knot gale and driving rain. So we, we gave up, we abandoned it and came back a couple of months later. But yeah, that, um, I know how that little bit fits, fits together. And I mean, it, 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 it is going to be quite emotional,
1: absolutely. And uh, in the in uh, Charlie's Ethel, uh, from uh, the, the 70s. So you got some interesting fashions for your bit of the, of the shoes.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, I always love stepping into costumes for characters. I don't feel like I've truly created the character until I'm in their costume. Um, but yeah, there was some nice um, couple of nice costumes. Um, I particularly liked my uh, my kind of evening kind of dress where there's a scene where they all go to the local pub um, for, for a bit of a night out. And I really liked that dress. Like, I was very tempted to ask if I could keep it. But um, <laughs> no, it, it was really nice. And it was nice to you know step out of um, you know playing something in in the present day and, and play with a bit of um, a different era when it comes to costume and fashion.
1: Yeah, costume, fashion and attitude as well. And it must have been quite difficult, some of the lines that some of the characters were having to say, knowing that we are living in a much more sensible world these days.
3: Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of my career playing Ethel with her very kind of hardened views of obviously views of the time for a lot of people um, before the world kind of rightfully changed to the world it is now, some of the views she had, um, has are very, were very challenging to play, especially um, as somebody from the LGBT community, like having to say some of the words and play some of the emotions and, the the kind of um, negative attitude towards um, the gay community was was definitely an acting challenge, and it brought out a lot of emotions. I've I've got quite an emotional scene with um, Jack, who plays my brother, and, um, yeah, there there were a couple of moments where we both were teetering on, like, full-on blubbering in some of the scenes because it was just really hard to play, but I think um, from... What we've seen so far in terms of cast, what we've been allowed to see, I think um, it it plays for a very emotional, um, some very emotional scenes as Charles has said.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jonathan, where does John sit in the timeline? So John,
2: he appears in the modern day scene. So he's the um, the son of of Ethel of Charlie, um, uh, and he's the he's the nephew of of Joe. Um, so he kind of acts as a bit of a bridge between the two characters. So. He sort of sees how how much Joe wants to be a part of Ethel's life and how she's sort of she's kept these views over the years and she's never truly accepted um, uh, them as a couple. Uh, So he's sort of, I guess, trying to bring her into into the 21st century and trying to trying to get her to change her ways a little bit. But she's definitely kind of set in them for a lot of the film.
1: Mm-hmm. and with the, uh, the the way the whole story is set up over these two timelines, not only is some awesome wallpaper included as well as the costumes and the like as well but it, it is a chance to, to learn from the actors who played the younger roles and uh, with with Ethel is that something that you were doing to, to, to bring yeah, the character to life in the modern day Charlie? Um,
3: well we kind of, we got to we got the advantage I think in many ways of, of kind of shooting our stuff first so Um, but having met the actors, me, Jack and Steve, all got to meet the actors that were playing our older selves. Um, so there was a bit of discussion around kind of like, I know I spoke with Rosemary who plays the older version of Ethel. We had conversations about our choices that we both felt were the correct ones to make for the character. Um, but then obviously I kind of got to play them first. So I think maybe some of the younger, um, roles in then informed the older roles um, as rightfully they should because obviously they're a continuation and um, like I said from what I've seen the actors playing our continuation roles in the modern day have done a fantastic job of keeping the choices that we've made um, but it was, it was definitely interesting to play a character that you knew was going to have an older incarnation of itself mm-hmm. Played by different actors, that was definitely a first for me. So that was something I found really interesting.
1: And Charles, on the flip side of that, how did it work for you? Very
4: much the same, but obviously in reverse. It was, it was, uh, and I say having, having, you know, met them and um, seen a couple of scenes from the seventies uh, part of the film, it, it, it was, it was, um, it was, it was a fascinating thing to do. Uh, uh, as Charles just described, it, you say, "I've got to play the older version of that. I've got to look at his nuances, the way he talks." Obviously, he's changed over the decades, but I like to think that I kept some of that in, uh, of him and the way he is. But I, it was the same. a wonderful, <clears throat> me, a wonderful challenge, and, and I, I delight like to play
1: absolutely and you know, a, a story which is going to say cause a, a few tears to be shed when it does come to the big screen in the not too distant future now and a timeline for that of the we've got the trail is anybody letting on to when we might see the full movie late
4: summer's being touted by Dave, but he's
1: he likes to keep things very much close to his chest he does and he absolutely yeah, he is a professional sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it, it will happen and as, I, as we saw yeah. with the same sort of uh, many of the same team working on Sustain that uh, was uh, premiered 12 months ago and has recently yeah. been seen on uh, Prime and the platforms and the like due to the, uh, the pandemic situation this will hopefully get its opportunity to be seen on the big screen uh, as a theatrical release and certainly uh, I know not only the effort but the talent that's gone into it will absolutely deserve that and with Dave uh, who's already an award winning uh, writer and director Uh, it is absolutely guaranteed to be top notch well the trail is out there we can find that on the You Are My Sunshine Facebook page check out the details there anywhere else we should be going to to find out about some of the talent in the movie let's have have Twitters etc from you all please. starting with Charlie
5: oh uh,
3: my Twitter is at Charlie C Actress if you'd like to follow me
1: that'd be lovely Uh, Mm -hmm. we'll go uh, to Jonathan next
2: and here's me frantically scrolling through my phone to try and find my Twitter handle. I had
1: to think about it as well.
2: Um, it is at Jono
1: underscore Butler. It can be found that way. That'll do the Able job. Bit. There we go. And Charles?
4: <laughs> I'm at Charles O'Neill 33.
1: Well, I say congratulations for the work that you've done so far. I know the, the post-production is going to be uh, the, the, where more magic happens because that's the way these teams work. But uh, it is going to be a treat and certainly an emotional tale, but still one that will leave you feeling uh, uh, the, the importance of love and and, and the way it uh, it knows no boundaries. Uh, for now, part of the uh, the cast of You Are My Sunshine. Thank you for joining us. Thank
4: you. Bye. Bye.
1: Hollywood Stars is the brand new single from Wills and the Willing, and this is basically a massive supergroup. The Wills behind this particular band is Ian Wills, who joins me now for a chat. Hello, sir. Jason, how are you doing? I'm good. I trust we find you well, even though you're halfway across the world in the middle of the night.
6: Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, These are the challenges of life, keeping us all up
1: and busy. <laughs> tell so tell us a bit about Hollywood Stars and uh, the, the, the massive number of people you've got involved in this song.
6: Hollywood Stars is is uh, first of all you know it's the a remix from the album. Uh, I got my friend Rory to to I sent him the song and he did a sort of a a radio mix of the song. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rory um, is probably his early work is best known for um, Miss Sarajevo. You know U2's track. He engineered that and then um, later on things that he. I've known Rory for about seventeen years and. um, he did things that you might know. Patience and Amazing by George Michael. Mm-hmm. And then um, in recent years, he's done the, the mixed the Ed Sheeran albums, and he got his two Grammys for mixing the first two Months and the Sun albums.
1: And you, so you're working with basically stars uh, of, of, of an amazing calibre. Obviously, your work stands on its own. And the, uh, the, the, the album itself has been so well received.
6: Yeah, you know, I've been really lucky. Really lucky and blessed. You, you, you know, the musicians and friends, of the, all, all, all the people I reached out to to help me on the album, all, all came in willingly and, um, you know, dedicated their, their time and their skills and their, I don't know, their judgment about the songs as well, because, you know, the people don't just get involved unless the songs are good.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. you don't. We well, certainly don't get the names you've got involved unless the songs are good. So, give us a bit of a rundown because you got it from everyone from uh, you know, A to Z, including Vinnie Jones somewhere along the way.
6: Yeah, well, yeah. So, so, Vinnie's on the album. Um, Hollywood Stars has got uh, we've got Peter Check on drums. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, everybody knows Peter for his p- obviously playing football. Um, who else has we got? We have got Mick Talbot, Style Council, and Merton Parkers. Yeah. Um, Sean who, Sean, Adam who's playing the pedal still had um, just done with uh, White Denim and Mimel de May and Paolo Latini and Sean Sean I've worked with, Sean Zinocchi I've worked with for the best part of 20 years and he is a part of The Willing. And um, I was really blessed on this album because Sean had literally just finished we started the album, and then, so, you know, like all these things, you start and you know, people go away and do this sort of other things. But Sean had just finished doing all the guitars for Roger
1: Daltrey's solo album. Yeah. And, and so his plan was it is amazing. The, but, but I mean, that just gives this massively full sound. And um, with the, these people, yourself, and the, the work that's gone into this. The, the music itself, I mean, just stands up and it, it just sounds so good on the radio, doesn't it? Do you know, I, 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 don't, I don't, don't say it lightly
6: and you're right, you know, it, it's such a thrill. Every time I hear a song from this album being played on the radio, it feels like a victory. <laughs> and, and Hollywood stars, it does sound, it sounds so full and the richness of the sentiment of the track and everything else. So no, I, I, you know, I really, I'm really happy with the way things are.
1: Okay, give us some background to the song then, and and, and the reasons why it exists.
6: Well, you, you know, Hollywood stars is about that first love that you you that that you fall in love and you never can get it back, and and then you you recount that you try to recapture those moments, and then you 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 see that you you see you know the, the line you know I saw you last night in the wheel of our first car. You know, it's it's that sort of sense of of. Of lost love,
1: and when you come down to to, to writing that and, and sharing it, it's got. It's always probably a bit of an autobiographical bit in any song, but is that the the way across the whole album with uh, London Country?
6: Yeah, very very much so. I mean, in, in every track, you're you you see see not just a little smidgen of me. There's a huge there's a huge bit of me left in each track on the album. And Hollywood stars, actually, I was, I was thinking about you know um, my first. It was about my first love, really. You know, in, in, in sense of the character, that first trigger. I was thinking about that relationship, and uh, how how um, easy I let it go. If that makes
1: sense. <laughs> so, what is happening next? Because normally we'd be talking all the tour dates. Have you been able to get anything settled?
6: But last year we was meant to play Glastonbury, and obviously COVID sort of put put kibosh on that. And, and everybody's regrouping their lives, and um, so we're, we're we're working on that. And I think that the the all being well we will be doing some dates um we're certainly going to we i can't say too much at the moment but um in june we are doing a couple of high profile things and i I can tell i've I've signed the um uh, i've signed it um in terms of not contractually but i've given my word to doing a couple of very substantial gigs and um so we're just putting that together now but we will be out Certainly, you know, providing everything stays the way it's looking, then we will be out in the autumn. Awesome, that is for sure.
1: And, and how many of the willing are you able to bring along to these things? Because in a live gig, the number of people you got on this single in itself, you'll never fit all them on one stage unless it's the no, album hall.
6: So, so we've been looking at we've been looking at the dynamics how to how to how to do that, and I think that um, there'll probably be four of us there.
1: And that, that'll bring that that sound and the music to life in a, a way which you can only do live. But equally. The recorded work is phenomenal. The album is awesome. Give us all the details where people go to get their hands on this lot.
6: Okay, well the album is out on um, iTunes, all all the usual digital platforms. and um, you can obviously download it. You could, you know, it's, it's there. There's not a single, plat- there's no excuse not to find this album.
1: <laughs> it's easy enough to do. And uh, with you, you, the rest of your work and, and the stories that come out of the, the music industry, I mean, what experiences have you had over the years that maybe have shaped where you've got to now, do you think?
6: Well, I think, I think from from the early times when I stood up as a poet in, in the late 80s, supporting the Stranglers, to, um, to now really, the, 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 the underlying messages is that if you believe in it, you continue to do it. And, and whatever resistance you might get, you know, I made my first album when I was 42. So you can imagine the resistance I got there. And mm-hmm. uh, um, But you know, when Janice Long broke me on radio too, it was not because of anything else, but the quality of the song. And I think, I think my underlying message is, if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing musically, then the way the music industry is now at the moment, in particular, it does lend itself to slightly better being able to independently put your music out. But at the same time, nobody can do anything singularly. You do need help and support of other people. And, Uh And your music will find that support
1: you've got some amazing friends in your little black book we know that much, they're all part of the support that brings Wills and the willing to our ears and long may that continue Uh, fingers crossed when I get along to a gig I hope in the latter part of the year because it will be absolutely awesome to hear the music live and uh, we will now take a listen to Hollywood stars, but for now Ian Wills, thank you for joining us
6: Thank you Jason, take care mate (music)
0: about the time when we were like Hollywood stars.
1: Chris White is a performance poet, an author, an artist, and hopefully will earn some money soon and can afford a razor. He joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello.
7: Hello there Jason, how you doing? <laughs>
1: I'm alright, you okay?
7: Yes, thank you.
1: And yes. Now, is
7: it, it right Barber's opening a couple of days, was it tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow from, from where we're sitting now, yes. Okay, excellent. Do you, you mean you actually have somebody else shave your face? Is that how it normally works?
7: You
1: not. Uh, I'd, well, I'd, I'd, I don't even bother having somebody else shave my head anymore, to be fair. so uh,
7: everybody did
1: that. Uh, the, the rock and roll lifestyle that you performance poets lead, I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, you've, you've done poetry, you've done writing, and you've done drawing. Yes. And lots more besides. And you've recently been uh, doing some of your uh, classes internationally, but online this time, rather than actually going to Qatar.
7: Oh, good grief, yes. I'm in recovery mode at the moment because, um, as you probably know, Qatar will be two hours ahead of us. So, uh, yes, so um, it was three hours before our clocks changed. So, I've been getting up at 4.30. This is commitment to the (laughs) cause. I've been getting up at 4.30 for the past couple of weeks to talk to children in Qatar, um, which has had its own set of challenges. You know? um, Well, firstly, getting up at 4.30. Yeah,
1: that's the difficult bit, isn't it? Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh, The first couple of times I did it, I forgot how dark it is at 4.30, so I'm there hunched over my uh, camera as I am now talking to you. Uh, Go to read my first poem, realise I can't see the page because it's pitch black. Yeah,
1: because unfortunately, having had no income for nearly 12 months, you can't afford electricity mostly, can you?
7: Well, that's it, yeah, around the candle, yeah. yeah. Although, you know,
1: being a, being a writer, that, that's the normal state of affairs. It's yeah. <laughs> much the way it goes. But yeah. when you are doing these classes, obviously it's something you do across the UK. I know that you've you visited libraries in Wolverhampton as well as everything else that you've done. And, uh, you know, you, you are, you're allowed out and stuff. Uh, but, I mean, fingers crossed we'll start to see that all happening again. But it must be great being able to do uh, some of this online. But it's even better when you're there in person, isn't it?
7: It is, if anything, doing these sessions online has just shown me how much I enjoy doing it to actual live people. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it's all. Right. I mean, it's great to be able to connect with people via technology, but you cannot beat standing in front of a, an audience of people and actually seeing, you know, just getting the, the feedback from them and the, the laughter and the... Uh, it's just, it's not the same... I mean, the other morning, um, 60 kids in this Qatar school uh, which is like kind of herding cats, you know, you've got <laughs> 60 little individual screens. But because some children are in school, some children are still at home isolating or can't get into school or the schools are closed or this, that and the other, um, you, you can't actually see people's faces. You know, when you're, uh, when you're on Google Teams Meet Zoom or whatever it is, <laughs> and you've just got the silhouette. Yeah. You know, uh, you're working or, to
1: silhouettes rather more. Than, it's, it's, it's like the milk tray man.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so you're trying to kind of gauge how it's going by watching a cartoon silhouette or just initials of whoever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's got its own challenges.
1: If anybody can do it, you can do it. And I know you have been wearing them. But I mean, normally at this point as well, we'd be talking about a book. Is there a new book out there, too?
7: Ooh, well, how exciting. Not quite. But um, I mean, during this strange period, we find ourselves in where everything's ground to a halt. Um, I just I mean, like the rest of us thought, we'll just put everything on ice and just get back. It's like that bit in the Avengers where, you know, finger click and everything like stops for a couple of years, you know, and then we kind of carry on again. I, I was ready to just like, but um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, a book contract came riding over the horizon um, on, a, on a white horse. Um completely out of the blue. So uh yes, in a couple of months I shall be having um a proper uh chapter, story, science fiction-y type book appearing, which is uh, very exciting. Has this
1: emerged from your head yet or is it still living in there?
7: No, it's actually it's been written for the past couple of years. It Ooh. was written. It was one of those one hours on tour. I can't remember what country it was, but um <laughs> I was, I was out doing school visits during the day, back to the hotel, uh, not an awful lot to do. So I would write a chapter of this book every evening in the hotel room. And then by the time you get back home, you've got a book. Is, is, so that, I, is that the
1: sort where we nearly managed to bump into each other in the UAE? Because we we always. It, it, it could
7: have been, actually, yes. Yeah, I
1: can't, I can't remember where it was. We nearly actually met whilst out and about, didn't we?
7: We did. That could have been the UAE, yes. Oh, it seems a lifetime ago now, yes.
1: I'm sure that was the UAE, um, and it was going to be... Um, I, I was in... You were in Abu Dhabi, and I was in Dubai. I think we were that close to being able to meet Probably. up and have a natter at some point. So
7: close, so close, yeah. <laughs> but, It'll happen again, I'm sure.
1: Yes, I'm sure. but there we go. So, I mean, the, the book's on the way, so we will talk when that's uh, released, but uh, what else is out there at the minute? Because there's always loads going on at veggievampire.com.
7: There is, there is. I've been, uh, well, I've been using this time uh, to try, yeah, try and keep my creative juices flowing. So I've been uh, trying to get um, ideas for all sorts of things. Uh, picture books, I've been I got the paints out. I've been trying to... Um... Actual
1: paints rather than that electronic stuff that you do?
7: Well, you know what? I like to do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's purely electronic, it kind of loses a bit of character about it. So but you, like, you
1: can sell them for millions now. I've seen it on the on the news.
7: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Perhaps I'm going about this all wrong.
1: Yeah, work on uh, it.
7: But I, I like to do it kind of uh, with the paints or the pen and then kind of scan it into the computer and then add a few digital flourishes at the end. But I don't think you can beat actually doing it with your own, you know, your you, own paintbrush or your own pen. You like
1: the squeaky pens?
7: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
1: I think it adds something to it, isn't it? It's, 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 it's arse and sound at the same time, all coming together. I, I, I noticed you've got some friends behind you on uh, on on board there. Who who are the two people that uh, we see here? Uh, just here. Yes.
7: Yes, I'm glad you noticed. Well, this actually, with the uh, kids in Qatar, we kind of wrote a poem together, um, because it came from. Um, I, 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 I've got I've got it here. I've got it here. All right. All right. Now it started off. Would you know the um, the phrase, getting on your goat? Uh,
1: yes, that is something which is annoying you. Yeah.
7: Annoying, yeah, yeah. Now, I I had to... I, I kind of mentioned it to the kids in Qatar, and they were like, Ooh, get getting on your goat? They thought it physically meant getting on a goat.
1: Goat riding as opposed like to horse getting. riding.
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know if goat riding's a thing. It probably is in some countries. Mm. probably like to ride goats. Um, so it, it got us talking about uh, the phrases... Uh, like, ca- can a goat get on your goat?
1: that that's that's be a thing, wouldn't it?
7: It would, wouldn't it? Now, now check this out. Here we go. Here we, here we go. So um, I illustrated it, and we came up with this, which, I don't know. Well, see what you think. See what you think. Can a lion lie on a lilo? <laughs> can a frog get a frog in her throat? Does a whale ever wail? Can a goat get on your goat? Does a sheep ever feel sheepish is a broken down toad toad away (laughs) can a wolf wolf down a sandwich does a yak ever yak all day do squirrels squirrel stuff away do badgers wear badgers anywhere do fish ever fish for compliments if it's furless, is a bear bear does a crab ever wake up crabby can a swallow swallow a chocolate bar does a chicken run away cause it's chicken and can a tuna tuna guitar
1: and that sort of nonsense makes him a living. It is fantastic stuff. It puts a smile on people's faces. It allows these kids that he works with in schools across the world and the library visits and whatever else, all sort of magical. And you can book this man to come and work with you. Uh, so, Chris, give us all the details of where we can find out you and your work and all the sort of mad nonsense like that.
7: Uh, well, if you go on veggievampire.com, um, that's where I try and uh, keep everybody updated on what's happening. There's at Chris White Poet on the Twitter. Um, and uh, I try and put on there everything that's going on. Um, so yeah, book me to come either either in person or or virtually um, like this. I'm happy to do either.
1: He's available now at certain times, but he's actually quite busy. We make sure you book early for Christmas or something. Uh, <laughs> Chris White, as ever, always a joy to speak to you. We'll talk when the book's out. And thank you very much. See you soon. Absolutely.
7: Thanks, Jason. Uh-oh.
1: Walks on the Chase is a company whereby you can be led on a walk across the chase by somebody who knows a thing or two about making sure they take you not only in the right direction, but you're walking in the right way too. John Wood joins me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. You okay? I'm good. I hope we find you well. Yeah, yeah. Good, thank you. Great stuff. Now, uh, tell us a a bit about walks on the chase, because this is a a very specific style of walking and involves uh, some sticks too, for all users, not just those who maybe feel a little infirm.
8: Yeah, so uh, we we take out a number of people um, walking on Cannot Chase. Uh, We use Nordic walking poles, which uh, we can get, which are either strapped onto your hand or uh, they're what uses a core ledge. And the idea is that... Rather than just using the lower part of your body, you use the upper part of your body too. So if you think about going into the gym, it's rather like being on a cross trainer rather than being on a treadmill. So you're using about 40% more muscle mass in your upper body than you would be just by walking alone.
1: So this gives an overall feeling of of great well-being. and walking, we know is one of the best exercise. It's what we're designed for. It's low impact, but adding the upper body in too really does mean you're getting a proper workout.
8: Absolutely. And also when you say about low impact, I mean, obviously you're using the upper body, which is taking the stress out of your legs as well. So people tend to find that their postures improved, um, their, their overall body um, tone is improved. And, and we do. We walk we, we for generally they're about an hour's workouts, and that's what we actually call them. It's what sort of turning your, work in, your walk into a workout.
1: And, and when you are you know, out there doing this, this the poles are the most important piece of equipment, I suppose, apart from some good boots too. But other than that, it's is something which you can do pretty much all year. I and mean, the whole Nordic thing gives the game away. If you're Nordic, you're going to be walking through all sorts of weathers. And uh, I should think nothing stops you, does it?
8: Absolutely. I mean, we walk, we walk whether it's rain, sunshine or snow, we, we even walk in the evenings We pop head torches on and we're off on the chase at seven o'clock in, in the middle of winter. Um, we do an hour's workout in the evenings for those people who are working all day and are, and are only able to get out in ev- evenings or weekends.
1: And so, it's one of those things which you've been able to do throughout lockdown uh, as well, in part because you are outdoors and you are you know, working in such a way as it's a great, well ventilated way of doing it too. So, it's been a nicely low risk during these difficult times.
8: It has, unfortunately, with the um, with lockdown because our organised sport has obviously been hit as well. Um, we've had to limit numbers. So people have been able to get out on their own or been able to get out with a friend during the times when they've been allowed one-to-one contact outdoors. Um, we've, we, we started, so I took the business over in January last year after I left South Staffs. Unfortunately, I, I completed my training. Um, I think it was on the 8th of March, having taken the business over on the 1st of February. And then on the 17th of March, we had to close the business down for the first lockdown. Um, People I know were able to get out, um, but what we did at walks was we um, managed to get as much content as we could online Mm -hmm. so that people were able to carry on meeting up, chatting and doing some keep fit type exercises in the comfort of their own homes or in the gardens with the help of the instructors who were helping them to do those things. Um, We managed to get out in the summer. Um, I think we we got out on August the 1st and we limited our groups to five. So we were just walking as a rule of six, um, which was through August through to October. Um, November, we stopped again. December, we started and January we stopped. But we've been out walking now since the 29th of March when the restrictions were lifted. Um, and we are starting to see our numbers return or even increase to what we had before.
1: Yeah, and it's a great form of exercise. And you say it's bringing that upper body in as well. And so that, that means if you can get up and walk um, and you want that little bit of a challenge to improve not only your, your walking style and posture, but also your endurance too, actually, Nordic walking works for many people from most age groups.
8: Absolutely. We've got, uh, so I think the youngest person that comes out with me is around about 20, 21. Um, and I've got people who are almost, or even are in their eighties walking.
1: Even older uh, than you.
8: <laughs> we run, and we run the different sessions. We've got, we've got people who are literally using it as their, their gym class, um, and they are, we call them an energizer or a total body walks. Um, we are using the hills of Camel Chase to help to increase that intensity. Um, so people are literally using that as their way of their keep fit, and we we sort of focus not just on the uh, physical well being of people, but also the mental well being. You know, mm. it's great being outdoors. Um, they're chatting to people. We've got people who live on their own and are able to come out and enjoy the enjoy the in, enjoy being with other people and having to not have to worry about where they're walking because there's somebody there who's trained to actually lead the walk. And have the directions and the maps. Um, and we've just got a whole range of different people who have, like myself, have enjoyed doing exercise or sport for a number of years. But unfortunately, with the, um, when you get injured or you get muscle tensions and things, suddenly you, you, you feel like you've got a, an injury. With Nordic with walking, you're able to walk through that because the injuries become less and less because the impact is so minimal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not pushing yourself unless you choose to. You can still be part of it. And uh, it could well be that, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a class which says, yes, we're going to walk up a slope. Uh, but uh, everywhere else, you could well be you know, running on the flat or just a slight incline, uh, allowing you to be able to get that level that you're looking for. And this is, again, something you can talk through. And when it's an organized walk like this uh, with somebody who's qualified in the, uh, the work that you're doing, you know that you've got the confidence to be able to do it and find the level you, you need just by having that conversation.
8: Yeah, well, we, we I mean, before you're allowed to come out and walk with the group, then we walk through what's called a Power of Pulse session. So this is a, an hour and a half where you probably walk for about 45 minutes, but you learn the technique. We can assess your fitness. Um, Every body goes through what's called a Park queue, which is a physical assessment um, readiness questionnaire. So there's a number of questions around your health. We then take you out, we, we assess your level, and then we discuss with you which classes would be best for you to start with. But we see many people that start on the, the lower level classes as they improve and as they join us on more walks, then they may step up to a, a more intensive class. So, you know, we have a whole range of different things that are just out there for a, a walk and a talk or a, a catch up and a chat all the way through to a physical workout that, and when you get back to the car park to get in your car, you're absolutely shattered.
1: So it is your choice. There are options out there. So where do we go to find out more information about the classes that are on offer and also those uh, you know, different uh, levels of access?
8: So we've got a website, which is walksonthechase.co.uk. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. So everyone, if you just put walks in the chase into a browser, then we should come up. Um, and if there's any details you need, then obviously just get in touch and we have a conversation before you come out as well.
1: So Walks on the Chase is what we're looking for, sticker.co.uk on it if you want to go direct there or find out what's happening on the socials where you can see more of what happens on a regular basis. Before you know it, there'll be a TikTok too, I'm sure, but there we go. (laughs) John Wood of Walks on the Chase, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jason, cheers. PQA in Wolverhampton returns in real life and with a brand new venue on the 17th of April. Principal Julian Alcock tells me more now. Hello sir. Hello mate, how are you doing? I'm good and uh, good to have you back. And It was was about this time last year we started having a chat about what you were able to do online and the magic that has been happening there over the last 12 months. You've had a few forays into real life but you've got an awful lot going on at PQA Wolverhampton.
9: We have indeed. I mean it's been a Traumatic year. We've we've probably been live face to face for two months out of the last twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, the the rest of it was either providing video lessons or trying to do online classes, which are fantastic. I mean, the 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 ability to do that, the technology to do it, is incredible. But it's not the same, you know. It it really isn't. And for us to be able to get back face to face with the kids in a classroom and teach is just amazing. We cannot wait. And you're doing
1: that with a bigger venue?
9: We are. We've moved from our original venue. We're now going to Wolverhampton Grammar School. We've got incredible facilities there, a huge hall for our drama classes and for assemblies and like. Uh, we've got a fantastic dance suite, so the kids, for the first time in a very long time, are going to be able to be taught with proper mirrored dance suite and sprung floor, which is obviously going to make a huge difference to that. Um, and then two fantastic classrooms for our film base and for our poppets, which are our four to five-year-olds.
1: So, great to be back, great to have these new facilities and somewhere you get to explore, but that's uh, allowing for social distancing as well as is required.
9: Absolutely. I mean, the next, we hope it's only going to be for five weeks now, but we've still got to, for the short term, at least have masks for the older kids as they move around the class. We've got to have... Um, you know, uh, some social distancing within the groups, keep them in bubbles of 15. And obviously if you're in a massive hall, that's quite easy. You stick one lot at one end and one lot at the other and you stand in the middle and it's great. Um, We... We've had difficulties in the past where we're in small rooms, and you've, you've af- actually got to have them in two different classrooms, mm-hmm. and you teacher has to move between the two with an assistant helping out, so to be able to have this space is incredible, um, and it's an inspiring place, the grammar school, they're fantastic, their record speaks for itself, doesn't it, and to be able to work in that facility is just incredible. And parking's easier too. Parking's certainly a little bit easier. There's there's plenty of parking. There's a you know, that's gonna be amazing right outside and uh it gives us, as I say, so many opportunities to just spread out. There's even a little outdoor um, sh- shade sale in the playground that I'm sure we can adapt into a little performance space for them to do little assemblies and things. It's going to be fantastic. Well, hopefully, come the better weather, anyway.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. But, but the, the other thing is, though, as well, I mean, you've already talked about the film groups. I can see yeah, this being an, a, almost a backdrop similar to Hogwarts if you need to use it for film.
9: Absolutely. Yeah, there's bits of the place are just amazing to. Film, film around, and they're going to look so good on camera. Um, we we just can't wait to start exploring it. We're going to pop in, in fact, tomorrow to go and have a good look around, taking the film teacher with us to do uh, to check it all out and make and work out some ideas for filming. Uh, well, as soon as we get going, you know, because we've got so much coming up, um, or so much planned. Anyway, the uh, the uh, the morning academy are going to be off to the West End in October, so we we hit the ground very very quickly with rehearsals for that
1: absolutely and so this is something that is special that pqa offers it gives you that opportunity to to go places to do things to be part of bigger shows uh being a number of schools across the uk uh, has really made a massive difference to the sort of resources you have behind you and pauline quirk herself absolutely loves being part of this doesn't she
9: she does i mean last in fact last night um and today, uh, we're having our National Film Festival, which is an online one this year. Um, but all of the videos, Pauline's introducing all of the, video, the films. Uh, there's something like 75, 80 films showing uh, all online. So parents get uh, a link um, to a, a document that's got all, all the relevant links in. And uh, this morning is the... Uh, the 69 year old film groups, so mm. they're all age appropriate. So you can log on, you know what you're going to get. This afternoon will be the blue group, who are the uh, sort of middle 10 to 12s, and then this evening and, and yesterday evening, it's for the older kids. So they, uh, you know, that explore different issues that maybe the little ones don't want to see. So it's age graded, um, and there are these specialist uh, links that pa- parents can use to go and watch the films.
1: Yeah, and I think, as well, with the the way the the group works, it not only builds confidence, uh, it helps those who may well be working in the arts later on get a feel for what it is like, but equally, uh, with Pauline Quirk being a sort of mentor over the whole uh, of of these set of groups as well, she certainly has a career to aspire to, doesn't she?
9: Absolutely. She's she's done some amazing stuff over the years, and actually, I mean, she... um, a lot of her straight roles are very much underappreciated. Uh, you look at things like Broadchurch and that. She, she's a, she was a fantastic actress. She, she's effectively retired now and is, uh, look, is looking after the academies as, as her primary thing. But, uh, you know, she, she was a phenomenal actress, not just comedic, but straight roles as well.
1: But, I mean, the comedy, I think, is probably sometimes harder to do than some of the meaningful stuff. The, uh, it's uh, comedy, it, it, it's, a, it's a real uh, fuel for life, isn't it? If it wasn't for the, the yeah. likes of the sort of shows she's been involved in over the years, that have been seen by millions upon millions of people. Uh, You know, we wouldn't have that sort of happy place that we get to have, and it it is hitting that happy that counts.
9: Well, yeah, I mean, we did comedy with the kids uh, last term, um, albeit online, but we were doing stand-up with them, so getting them to perform to the camera and whatever. And they found... They all thought it was going to be great, you know, go in, tell a joke, and there you go. And they found it so hard, because it's really, really hard to do. And, you know, it's a vastly underappreciated uh, part of the profession. And to be honest, um, you know, the whole profession has been treated appallingly badly over the last 12 months. But, uh, you know, everybody's keen to watch television and watch films and all that. They forget that the people that are being ignored are the ones that are actually uh, producing all that
1: stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah and fingers crossed we can see a resurgence in the arts and a lot of great new blood coming through and uh, bringing to life their potential when uh, it's all sort of been nurtured through the likes of PQA. So you can, you've got I'd say loads of new teachers. We could talk for, you know, for days about all the great stuff that you've got going on down there. But you've got new teachers who've been joining you over the last 12 months as well because you've kind of expanded whilst you've been online and that's sort of given you an opportunity to do that. And there's uh, the great new, bigger facility. So I, if uh, there are kids out there who want to get involved, you've already mentioned the fact that it goes from, what is it, three upwards. So give us the full age ranges and how it works.
9: Right, well, we have our poppet section, which is four to five-year-olds, although we will take them a little bit younger if they're capable of doing it. Uh, we then have the main academy, which is for six to 18-year-olds, um, so they can stay through effectively until they leave school, um, and as part of that, we provide... Uh, backup of assistance with applying for university or drama school. We've got teachers who are very experienced. One of our newer newer teachers, he joined us in September. Uh, Julian Holt, a uh, very very uh, accomplished actor, um, came to us directly from the Royal Shakespeare Company and um, wasn't wasn't working because of lockdown. So it came to us and has been with us ever since. And the difference he has made with the the student is phenomenal, somebody of such, you know, vast experience, um, and with such an amazing, um, reputation just to be able to teach them, you know, we're not, we're not a bunch of people who are vaguely associated with performing arts. You know, the, the drama teacher is from the Royal Shakespeare Company. Our musical theatre teacher uh, has just completed a master's in that um, and produces no end of shows. Our film teacher, uh, one of his uh, uni- university projects was submitted for a student Oscar. So we have a phenomenal level of of teaching um, and it certainly uh, reflects in the level of performance at things such as the West End show that's coming up.
1: So if uh, anybody listening or they hope if anyone who has kids who are listening uh, who might be interested in getting involved how do they take part?
9: Uh very simply you can go to our website www.pqacademy.com only one a, pqacademy.com um, on there, there's a thing that says request a brochure, you just click on that or fill in your details. A, they send you a brochure and B, I give you a call and we arrange a free session to come along and try it out. And,
1: and because of the scale that you're working on, this keeps the costs down for everybody as well. And uh, yep. it's a nice... Yeah, great way of not only looking after the kids on a Saturday morning so you can get the shopping done and have a life, but also you get to uh, you know, get them educated and involved in something which is going to be a brilliant confidence boost even if they don't end up on EastEnders. No,
9: well, that's that's the big thing, you know. I mean, for uh, of 120-odd kids that we can have in the academy, in fact, slightly more than that, we probably, one, will actually go on to work in the, in the profession, one or two, you know. The rest of them will benefit hugely, though. You look at so many professions that... Um, Having these skills feeds into, I'm an ex-lawyer standing up in court, is theatre. That's what it's about. Um, You know, um, so many jobs today. Even if you work in a shop, standing in front of people and talking to them has a theatrical aspect to it. It covers such a massive range, and the confidence gained is so useful in all spheres of life.
1: Give us that web address again.
9: It's www.pqacademy.com. Or you can give me a call on 07838 and that's directly to me. And uh, we can have a chat and I can get you booked
1: in. Uh, Julian Alcock, Principal of Wolverhampton's Pauline Quirk Academy, PQA. Thank you for joining us.
9: No worries at all, mate. Nice to talk to you. <laughs>
1: When he's not on stage, when he's not doing magic, when he's he's not doing his air, he is often involved in the likes of Separated Shakespeare. His name is Chris Commander and he's with me now. Hello, sir. Hello. Now, we, did, we did various billing for uh, Separated Shakespeare when we were we chatting because we, we had a series of natters because there was so much going on for you during lockdown uh, and it's, things are starting to ease, but Separated Shakespeare is still a thing
5: with lots of brilliant work online. Thank you. Thank you. That's um. Wh- so it started as as sort of one of those projects as a creative project that has come out throughout lockdown and, 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 and the C word. (laughs) Um, And the idea behind it, the, the ideal of separated Shakespeare was that you or I, or like anyone around the world could work on a piece, um, a scene or a monologue, uh, send it to me, I'd edit it together and um, it would sort of, give the impression that we were doing a scene together so we would have you know we'd have a rehearsal they'd send me a uh, a scene that they wanted to do and um I would do a cutting and then we'd have a rehearsal and then we would film our bits individually and then they'd be spliced together in a nice little package called separated Shakespeare and that is the magic of technology.
1: It allows you to get away with all sorts of things you wouldn't have been able to know, do previously. All
5: the jiggery-pokery that yeah. I can do.
1: Yeah, but just sending files across the world. I mean, it's, it's in the olden days, it would have been a tape in the post eventually. Yes. But now it's moments. In fact, you can even do some stuff live together and sort of stick it
5: together afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I, so it, it was an odd thing because obviously the medium of, of this, um, whatever online uh, conversation... zoom whatever um google hangouts do people still use google Hangouts? i I think they're the same people use myspace yeah (laughs) um it it was a toss-up in my brain because um part of me wants to put out quality stuff and so obviously the recording on on these types of things is like a screen recording so it's not fully like what i would want it to be i'd want it to be proper like pro camera stuff, which Mm. would be great. But obviously everyone's dealing with the technology that they have when they have files sent to me when they send their files to me. So I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, So a couple of them, it's still kind of a work in progress of what's the best way to do it. Um, Deciding to do rehearsals is a big thing. So um, the actors know, um, well, because the other, the other thing is, I didn't necessarily want it just to be me. The idea was to have a catalogue of scenes that people all around the world could pick from and be like, oh, I would like to work with this person, or I like this person's performance, mm-hmm. like, or I like Chris's performance, I like Sarah's performance. Um, and then they could say, I want to do the scene with that person. So I could send them like my half of the scene, and then they could do that scene with me if they wanted to. And, and if, it, if it is done like that
1: as well, it allows them to record it in 4k and, uh, you know, and then you can match it up with an equivalent recording. Stick the two together. Lighting is a nightmare, but other than that, you've, you know, <laughs>
5: you've got the opportunity to really create something big. It's, yeah, I, I mean, it certainly had potential at the time, and I still think it does. I think it's got, I, I think we're all starved for a bit of, um, creative uh, gear turning. Well, what happens is when, when we are back to something like
1: normal, near normal, new normal, whatever normal's going to be going forward, once we'd uh, further eased from our uh, restraints from lockdown, there is still the place for more stuff on screen. And all this will have done, will it have meant that we have value in what we see on script. We don't expect it for nothing. We realise that people still have to be paid when it's pre-recorded. we uh, we understand that because we've had to pay our Netflix subscription for the last 12 months.
5: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's something that I that I started as a passion project that um had legs at the time and I still think has legs that can walk. These are bad <laughs> metaphors, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but how many Shakespeare Shakespeare's are out there at the minute already? So there's four because I started it where, when no one was interested in it. So <laughs> I thought that I would put up a few uh, monologues. So there's mm-hmm. four, uh, monologues at, up there of me doing stuff. So there's, there's Hamlet, Macbeth, oh. much ado, Henry five. And, um, the idea was just to, to gain interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, uh, there's a couple scene, the three scenes out there so far, one from 12th night, one from, as you like it, uh, and one from measure for measure. Um, and another one on the way I've just sent a script off to someone uh, for a scene, uh, in 12th night, actually, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Um, so it's open to, it's open to anyone. Um, if you haven't worked on Shakespeare before and you want to give it a shot, it's just a scene. Um, I would suggest come and do it and have a rehearsal with me, uh, because I also teach Shakespeare. So, um, which is another facet of separated Shakespeare, which is starting soon, um, I'm gonna start opening up my uh, workshops which are usually for students um, I'm gonna open it up to to the general public because I realize that that's something that everyone should have at least a bit of Shakespeare an uh, acting training so it's it's' um, teaching performance through Shakespeare, really, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Well, so, normally, I mean, w- when we spoke last year, you, you would
1: have been off in the US for a little while, and I can't necessarily see your usual escapades across the water taking place this year in its normal form, although who knows yet, yeah, anything could happen. Um, uh, two countries, a lot of vaccines out there, it's not impossible, but it's unlikely as things stand. So it'll be uh, 2022 by
5: the time you're able to do your normal do. Yes, uh, it was a big, it was a huge thing because usually around this time it's all the budget meetings that I have to go to, uh, uh, that are all like, can we bring, can we feasibly bring, bring Chris across? Um, do we have the funds for it? (laughs) Not saying I'm that expensive. (laughs) Um, but, but like, how do we budget for it? Because there are grants involved. And, um, so, so what do we, what do we ask for? Um, and yes. It is not likely. I have been um, offered another job for the summer, which is incredibly exciting, which I can't tell you about yet. Well, we will talk about that when
1: it's close to happening and paperwork has been signed, everything's on the dotted line. We we will no doubt be have uh, have the opportunity to do that. But uh, you see, this is, it's about having these projects and, and it's keeping that creativity going and and I say, I know you like to share your your work. I say that the the training and teaching that you do the number of times you've appeared on various stages across the world uh, that that is all part of uh, the makeup that is Chris Commander um, and, and uh, then the the magic that runs with it. I don't you'll smudge the makeup. Be careful. But uh, you know it, there's uh, you know, a, a lot going on and, and and that is all reflected in the other things that you do online as well. So where do we go for all of this? How do people find out? Get in touch what do they do
5: okay so um if you search christopher commander on youtube all the separated shakespeare is there in a in a lovely condensed package in the form of a playlist and you can just binge watch the whole thing the added bonus of the monologues uh which people are (laughs) liking apparently (laughs) um are the bloopers that go along with it um (laughs) which is just me going insane um (laughs) it's just a lone actor alone with his ever-failing wits Um, (laughs) uh, so you can also watch the bloopers of me go um i i'll say the henry five ones that i did because it was a whole year since i'd done one of them um they're particularly insane (laughs) so i'd say go check those out um so you can find separated shakespeare in its entirety on my youtube channel um christopher commander and if you want to get in touch you can uh, find me on the socials you can find me on instagram also at christopher commander and you can find me on facebook also at christopher commander um and get in touch have have a natter with me and we can talk about it um and, and if there is people out there who 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 are curious about shakespeare or Even better if there are people out there who hate Shakespeare because of how it was taught in school. Come to me, and I will right or wrong. (laughs) You can make sure it's
1: a lot better than it should be. And uh, you you never know. I'm I'm expecting at some point the TikTok one-minute Shakespeare uh, soirées that you could be having too. I think that could be a thing.
5: I I had thought about the idea of doing a silly, uh, sixty-second Shakespeare short. Yeah. Plays. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd already started to write one about Romeo and Juliet. So it's funny you should say that. So maybe that's a sign. Maybe I have to. No. I think you should. i would be absolutely <laughs> amazing. Well, it's a, your work is always absolutely
1: amazing. That is how it goes. Give us those socials again and the details of how we find you on YouTube. And um, spell
5: things. Spell things for us. Search me on all platforms for Christopher Commander. So that's Christopher. Yeah, we'll, we'll assume we can do that one, yeah. And Commander is how it's spelled in the dictionary, C-O-M-M-A-N-D-E-R. As yeah, simple as that. Chris, great to talk to you. Thank you as
1: ever. And we look forward to seeing you in real life in the not too distant future.
5: That would be lovely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 617 next week. I hope to have you along then. Ta-ra now. Goodbye from
0: Melbourne. Goodbye from the milk Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.